With today's news cycles, it is easy to feel overwhelmed with the troubles going on in our world. Where do we even start? How do we even scratch the surface of helping? What do we do? What can one person do to make a difference in some of the world's biggest problems? It does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. You can make a difference. You can make a change. This isn't just some fluffy woo-woo talk. You really can make an impact. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Christy Porter, the founder of Signify. Christy helps small nonprofits and for-profits with a social mission get noticed and grow through effective marketing and communications. She also teaches solopreneurs and small businesses how to incorporate philanthropy philanthropy and giving strategies so they can leverage their resources and influence to make a positive impact. Today's conversation is absolutely incredible. Christy and I personally tackle some pretty tough issues. Human trafficking, racism, religion, our faith. It's a lot, but it is oh, 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 it is so good. You are going to love it. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Christy. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, Molly, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. And this is gonna, uh, like, I love, obviously we're pre-recording this in the future, but your episode airs on July 4th. So we're just, we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna be Americans and just be like, yeah, fireworks and popcorn and hot dogs. (laughs) You know what, we are celebrating because that is actually going to be the two year anniversary of starting my business. Oh my gosh, look at that. I mean, that, folks, this was not planned. Perfect. So that, that is like the perfect celebration for, I mean, you get like a whole fireworks display and you don't even have to pay for it. So I feel like everybody gets to celebrate with me and that's even more fun. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to just go ahead and we're going to kick it off and we're going to dig right in because I have so many things that I want to talk to you about. Um, so to int- I want you to introduce yourself to our listeners. So give us the Christie 101. So tell us all about yourself, your story, where you're from and how you got to where you are today. Okay, um, in a nutshell, okay. Uh, my name is Christy Porter, and I am the chief do-gooder at Signify. I love that um, title. I love that title. Yeah, that's the one of the best things about starting your own business is that you get to make up your own titles yes. and really anything you want to. <laughs> yes. So I, I spent a little time crafting up that one and thought that would be really fun. Um, so probably on legal documents, I think I use more like founder and things that sound more serious, but yeah. otherwise. <laughs> chief do-gooder, I like it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am originally from Texas, but I've lived in um, the Atlanta area since 2001 and still call it home, although I'm I always have a little bit of a gypsy inside me. So I'm always surprised I'm still here Um, every (laughs) six months or so. I think about moving, but it's still a good place to be. So, yeah, I'm here and my community is awesome and things are great. So come to the Atlanta because it's pretty awesome. But um, I would say kind of where I am right now has been, of course, like all of us, a culmination of who I've been throughout my whole lifetime, but really for me, it started in 2006. And that was when I was sitting at the Catalyst Conference. um, And it was right before lunch and Gary Haugen got up to speak from International Justice Mission. And he he just started talking about modern slavery. And I I just, my heart was immediately, I just felt like my world stopped. And um, 
I just kind of sat up and was, it was right before lunch. So everybody else was like, it was this 15 minute interview, I think. And he was kind of in and out and everybody else was like listening. Okay, great, great. Clap, clap, clap. And then up and out and on to lunch. And I just kind of sat there for a second and was like, did nobody just hear what I heard? Yeah. And I just, my world had just changed in that instant. And, um, I think at that moment, you know, that was when I was really introduced to the social, social justice movement, but and had sort of put a label on things that I had been feeling all my life and just sort of wanting that justice aspect for everybody and looking um, to see how we can make things right. And uh, so that's kind of when I started that journey and officially, I guess, and um, started getting involved in the local social justice community, especially the anti-trafficking and anti-slavery movement mm-hmm. and started going to events and um, kind of donating where I could and then kind of progressed along that until about 2012 and then I became um engaged in a group called not for sale and yes I love that group yes and so it was when they had a chapter model so I became involved in the Atlanta chapter and became one of the core team members and at that point it was kind of like okay I've sat back and I've watched and I've tried to contribute and I've tried to um, you know, donate and um, go to events and all of that stuff was great, but I really felt a shift where it was really time for my engagement and involvement on a much more personal level. So I became involved with that group and started helping out with events and communication and um, everything like that. And we did that for a couple of years. And then at that time, um, a few years into it, I also went to um, the Justice Conference and really became aware of so many other issues. Of course, you know, you know, things are out there, you know, other things are going on, but just to hear it. So from a main stage to hear it so personally, one of the people I loved hearing at that time was um, Brian Stevenson, who wrote Just Mercy. And um, it just sort of, again, my, my world shifted in a whole other way. And I feel like my social justice roots are always going to be based in the anti-trafficking um, movement. But at that point, I became so much more aware of everything else and was just kind of like my heart was exploding and how do I get involved? And yeah. so I spent several years trying to, um, again, do what I could and in the little ways that I could, but I just kind of felt like I wasn't doing enough and really wanted to do more and immerse myself in that movement. Um, and so then when I was looking to leave my last job, I was an event marketing director, um, at a nonprofit, um, they create uh, Christian resources and events, and was just looking for something else and thought, okay, I've really been waiting to be involved in that movement more, and now I can really dedicate myself to it full time, but wasn't sure where. And, you know, I kind of, I was aware of a lot of organizations. I didn't know if I wanted to move. I didn't know, you know, at that point, I was aware of so many issues. So which one do you focus on? And, um, you know, did kind of the typical look for jobs on the internet thing and didn't really find anything that, that really struck me and that I decided that, um, that I wanted to do. And I thought, well, I can either go in and find one company to work for, which will be awesome. And I can really dig in deep there. Um, but I also at the same time had all of these friends with little nonprofits and social enterprises and social justice ministries and things like that. And they would always ask me marketing and communications questions because they hadn't really ever gotten any formal training on that. Um, And so I was happy to answer. And then, you know, just again, another shift during that time and thought, okay, well, I can, I can go into one organization and I can really focus in there. um, Or I can help a lot of these little organizations And I've always loved small businesses 
um, loved local businesses and thought, okay, there's so many of them out there and so many of them with awesome missions, awesome people, and how can I help elevate the voice for each one of these? And thought, okay, I can help one or I can help many. And at that time, I just thought, right now I can help many because um, they would never be able to hire somebody like me on staff full time. It just wasn't their focus. They were too small, you know, budgets, whatever the deal was. Um, but I could pop in and out and help on projects, consulting, and just help move the needle a little bit for them. And so that's what I've done over the last almost two years now um, is sort of go in and just help them with their marketing and communications because they're marketing whether they know it or not and just help them to put some more strategy behind it. And it gives me a chance to work with so many incredible small organizations and help so many causes, which I love. Oh, my gosh. There are so many things there I want to talk to you about. <laughs> I just, I love it. Okay. um, Man, where do I even start? Okay. So first, <laughs> I kind of want to go back because okay. ob- obviously you and I have a lot in common as far as our okay. our work in a lot of areas, but especially yes. in the area of anti-trafficking and anti-slavery, because yes. um, this is where my heart is as well. And my listeners very much know this because this is something I talk about um, all the time. And sometimes I'm like, <laughs> when are you going to stop talking about it? I'm like, mm, when it's ended. So uh, okay. that's when. So <laughs> when when there's no longer a slave in the world, that's when I'll stop talking about it. Absolutely. So, um, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you attended the Catalyst Conference in 2006. You heard from this IJM founder and there you are, you know, kind of being shoved into this world. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of similar to how I was. I mean, mine was in 2010, 2011, like okay. late 2010, early 2011, when I learned about, really learned about um, anti-trafficking. And I was the same way. I just kind of went, well, I, I went to a local conference. It was at my church and um, it was a kickoff for a, a, a local ministry that I then <laughs> became a volunteer with and then eventually a board member and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we watched this documentary. It was an artistic documentary called The Candy Shop. And I have yes. mentioned it here on the show a lot. And it, you it, probably are located right outside the Atlanta area. I was going to say, like, yeah, like it was made like right there in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And the candy shop, um, which, by the way, I found recently um, a link to I didn't think it was still online anywhere because this is an older like artistic documentary. And I just found the link. So for the listeners, I will be sure to include the link to watch the the candy shop. It's creepy. Um, It's also beautiful. It is beautifully done. Um, And it is a great artistic picture of what trafficking looks Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially for people who don't feel like they can watch the harsh reality of uh, like the actual footage and things. Yes, 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 yes. Um, But I mean, the main the the main character is totally creepy. But I I, Mm -hmm. I honestly think it's it's something that everybody should watch. so anyway, so I, I was in a similar position where I just kind of went in very naively and here I am like and my yeah. world has been completely rocked and I kind of looked around like, did, did, I mean, I know other people were affected by it, but I just don't know that it was to the extent that I was. Right. And so my question to you is prior to this time in 2006, and I know that you sort of always had this underlying kind of empathetic personality, um, mm-hmm. but you know, were you just prior to 2006, were you just kind of like, I don't want to say in la la land, but you know what I mean? Like, were were you aware of what was going on around you? Or did you always sort of have that that underlying passion? Or was it like just a complete 180 for you? Um, You know, I had always been drawn to like the stories of Moses and the Exodus and um, Abraham Lincoln and all of those. And I didn't really that that movement really kind of helped me again, put words to it. And I have always described myself as a fiercely independent person. 
And so I think the fact of, you know, the slavery in Egypt and what Abraham Lincoln did for um, the anti-slavery movement at that time and all of that, I just, I didn't know how it fit with me. I just knew I always, like my heart was always really drawn to this. In fact, funny story, one time two um, Jehovah's Witness guys showed up at my door and, you know, they do their whole like knock, you know, and I'm sure they hear for a lot of, from a lot of people who just want them to go away that say, yes, I love Jesus or I believe in Jesus or whatever else. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I, I love Jesus, whatever. And so they again pointed back to me and said, oh, well, what's your favorite book? And I said, Exodus. <laughs> and I, they honestly didn't know what to do. And they're like, Okay, thank you for your time. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not one that gets pulled out very yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've always just loved it from that standpoint, just the freedom aspect of it. Of course, we have that so much in the New Testament, but for me, it was just such an interesting, epic picture in the Bible and the Old Testament. So, I've always loved those stories. I've always loved Abraham Lincoln. I've always loved stories about freedom yeah. and independence. And I just thought it's because I just, you know, respect that aspect about myself. And I didn't really understand why. And so then coming into the anti-slavery movement, it was completely just like, how have I, how are there literally millions of people in this situation? And I've never heard anything about it. And so for me as being describing myself as a fiercely independent person, the, the fact that somebody would impose that on somebody else and somebody would have their freedom stripped away to that degree was just horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I have a lot of the same qualities. Like I'm incredibly independent and that that idea. I mean, and I re- even remember in elementary school, like learning about the Civil War and learning about American mm-hmm. slavery and things like that. I just remember being horrified yeah. and, and as a kid. And and then, you know, we're always taught growing up, oh, slavery's over. Slavery ended. Right. And then you mm-hmm. get to be an adult and you go, wait a second. Wait, there are more slaves in the world today than during the entire 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade. Wait, right. What? Huh? Like and my mind yeah. was completely blown. And yeah. but people just don't understand that it just doesn't look like that. But I love what you said about how once you kind of was were brought into this whole social justice movement, you said, I want to see how we can make things right. And I resonate so much with that because I, again, I, I feel like you and I really, I'm like, we are the same person, not the same person, the but same person. we should clearly be BFFs um, because <laughs> I am the same way in that, like, I am not one to sit back and just go, oh man, that sucks. Um, I'm the one that is going to sit up and be like, okay, how can we fix this? Um, mm-hmm. Whether it is from a large issue like human trafficking or anti-slavery or a small issue. Like I hear a friend was hurt by somebody else I know. I'm like, oh, we're going to take care of this. Like, I mean, I am the person who's like, I do not let things fester, Um, whether it's in my marriage, in my relationships, like, or when it comes to an issue that I care about. Um, I'm a redhead through and through to that (laughs) standpoint. (laughs) You do not want to get me angry. (laughs) I know. I'm not a redhead, but I have a son who is a redhead. And so clearly I carry the gene. So the gene's in me. So I love that. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that you said was that as you began to really you know, when you attended the Justice Conference and um, you, you started to really become open to all of these issues in the area of social justice, you said there are so many issues. Which one do you focus on? Um, mm. And that, I, I, oh, gosh, I love that, because this, I think, is is the impasse that a lot of people find themselves stuck 
and they just say, well, there are all these horrible things in the world or there's all these issues that I maybe care about or maybe all these issues that are um, plaguing our society or whatever. Like, which one do I focus on? How do I help? And I think sometimes people get so caught up in that that then they don't Mm -hmm. actually do anything. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, what was what was really your um, the push for you to get through that? First of all, after I became involved in the social justice movement, you know, having grown up from in the church and read so many different passages, one of the things that, again, I just read with completely new eyes after becoming involved with the, with the movement was the um, passage about being ministers of reconciliation. Mm. And to me, that just was like, how did I never see social justice here before? Like, that is, that should be on all of our banners. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, it again, it just sort of gave me that drive and that push to do it. And I think it also sometimes takes the issue, you know, we all have friends that maybe go on mission trips or do walks for whatever, this, that, and the other. And we're all happy to donate and um, kind of be passers involved at that point, but, um, or passively involved. But at the same time, we have to find one that resonates with us. And so that's one thing my mom had asked me after she knew I was involved in this kind of work. She had seen a documentary that they did about, she's still in Texas. So it was about the Texas border and everything like that. Yeah. And she said, this was, you know, horrifying to watch. How, how do you surround yourself with this all the time? Mm. And I said, I think that's how I know I'm called to it because I, I, it is horrible, but I also, it just invigorates me to want to do more. And so I think that we all have to find that thing, you know, and it may take some experimentation, but we have to find the thing that really resonates with us and that we just can't stand anymore. And for a lot of people, even outside of social justice, it could be, you know, people that were affected by cancer, they'll often do like the three day walks or breast yeah. cancer or whatever else. And I'm just glad they're doing something to help somebody because we it's so easy to get so internally focused. Mm. Um, you know, that's one reason I love the supply chain movement. Even that was one thing I loved that we did at Not For Sale because you don't have to live the same issues I do. But so many of us are out there buying shoes or clothes or whatever it is. And if I say, hey, these these shoes actually will help better people's lives when you buy these rather than these that you get at Target that may be cute, but they don't have a purpose. And there's so many people we all know that would say, oh, okay, well, where do I buy these other ones at? And so it's just an easy shift for people to make to go ahead and do something different. You know, I have Warby Parker glasses. I have Tom shoes. I have, you know, we all have all these things. And so it's just an easy sell for people who may not know their issue or their cause, but want to do something better. Yas, girl. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, which I know is all over your blog, and I love. I'm it like, right? I'm like, yep. This is why I talk about ethical fashion, and people yeah. always ask me, like, yeah. what's the connection between ethical fashion and fair trade and anti-human trafficking? And I'm like, everything, everything. Yeah. There is like every yeah. connection possible, which is why I talk about it all the time. Oh yeah. yes. So actually, a whole section at the new Center for Civil and Human Rights here in Atlanta that just got built in the last couple of years. They actually have a whole section on supply chain, which is really cool um, that I, I didn't expect to see, and I loved seeing that when I walked in. Uh, field trip. I need to go there. Yes. That is oh, amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, seriously. There were so many times like I'm sitting here. I mean, y'all can't see me, but I'm like doing praise <laughs> hands. I'm like, yes, please <laughs> preach. I'm clapping. It's a whole thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, are you comfortable getting a little uncomfortable for a second? 
Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Good. I may need to lay down on my couch, but we'll be I okay. Know. Hey, no, it's cool. Um, because <laughs> I think that you are the type of person that I can have this conversation with um, okay. because I know it's an issue that is also close to your heart. And I think it's an issue that we need to talk about more. Um, mm-hmm. And for my listeners, like they know I'm okay getting uncomfortable. Um, but you know, and while this is not like I don't categorize this podcast as a Christian podcast, like it's no secret I am a Christian. <laughs> like I'm, mm-hmm. it's no secret I'm a believer. But and and I I try to talk about my faith um, in a way that like I have non-believers who listen to this podcast, and that's okay. Like yeah. you are welcome here, and I want to have open dialogue right. with you. Which is exactly what I do with my business. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think that um, this is an area that uh, the church needs to do a better job. Um, and I, there are amazing ministries and amazing churches that are talking about social social justice issues. So when mm-hmm. I say these statements, like in a lot of times I'm making a hasty generalization, like kind of just a blanket statement about the church as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. So for so for the people capacity. like yes, so like do not like think that I'm just like saying all Christians when I say like that is not <laughs> that's not actually the case. I mean like there are some people that are like killing it in this area. Um, but I would say as a whole, over time, the, the Christian church and, and Christians in general have sucked in the area of social justice issues. Mm-hmm. When, when we look at the Bible and we look at scripture and we look at what Jesus stood for, he stood for social justice issues. And I get so fired up about this because I, I just sometimes like see the church sit back and just do nothing. Um, and we and and we become like blanketed in the media as a bunch of bigots and a bunch of hater mm-hmm. aids. Like, you know, I mean, just it, and it drives me crazy because I just I'm like, no, like, do y- are y'all not reading the same Bible I read? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, Jesus is the one that hung out with the sinners. Like, he is the one that went to like he's the one that would be seen in the bar with the drunkards and right. the and the people who are are sinning left and right, and he would just be be loving on them and he would be talking Mm -hmm. to them and he would be changing their lives with the way he he just lived and he wasn't sitting there and he wasn't calling out their sin immediately he was meeting their needs and he was spending time with them and he was seeing what their what you know he's just talking to their heart and then they left him changed Mm -hmm. and like why don't we do that as a church all we do I, I just feel like as a in general, like Christians just sit back and they just point out everyone's sin and they're just like, well, your sin is clearly worse than mine, which let's be honest, no sin is like worse in the eyes of God. Like they're Mm -hmm. all the same. So like, why is this an area that you think that the church struggles in so much? Like what, what is it about the church that just like, we suck at social justice issues? I think one of the things that we've had a hard time doing is finding the balance. And I I still don't know what the answer is to this. Yeah, oh, for sure. um, I feel like we've had a hard time striking a balance between, for example, being busy for God. Mm. So we're like, you know, uh, and I believe it that, you know, your first ministry is your family, all of this. But churches also have done so much programming to keep Christians with each other, which you do have to have that aspect. And that's why I'm like, where is the line? I don't know. The church I I am with, they are very low on programming. Some are very high on programming. So of course, if you're busy with Christians doing lots of Christian things, then you have less time to be with other people. Um, 
and there was, uh, I was actually at the Orange Conference recently, which is where I used to work, and yeah. the founder, Reggie Gooden, said, um, proximity changes perspective, and it's yeah. absolutely true, yeah. because, you know, we all, once you see a drug addict, a Title I school, a, you know, whatever it is up close, then you have a completely different perspective than you do if you're just reading somebody's snippets on Twitter or Facebook or whatever yeah. else, and it's so easy to make those assumptions and generalizations from a distance when you have nothing personal to back it up. Right. And so I think not, I think, you know, having that distance between us is also damaging. While we should be encouraging each other, we should be lifting each other up, we should be spending time with each other. If that's all we ever do and we never do what Jesus did to go out and be among his people, then it's just so easy to point fingers otherwise and say it's them and us. I know you're loving this conversation with Christy, and I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who's able to help make this show possible, and that's Cosbox. As you know, Cosbox is one of my favorite ethical subscription boxes, and I've been a subscriber for over two and a half years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories, home goods, and jewelry to the best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they are also doing the most good. The products are not just beautiful, they are useful. The summer box is here and it's amazing. Causebox continues to outdo themselves and this season is no exception. If you have not seen my full review and unboxing of the Causebox Summer Box on my blog, don't forget to check it out. This season's box is filled with over $327 worth of ethical and fair trade goods for only $54.95 or $39.95 if you use my coupon code MOLLY. To reserve your summer Cosbox, go to stillbeingmolly.com slash Cosbox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. Now back to my conversation with Christy. You know, so often I think I see communities where it's just a bunch of, it's like one giant echo chamber and you just have Mm -hmm. a bunch of Christians in the same community and they're all hanging around people that look and talk and act exactly like themselves. And so they're just stuck in this echo chamber and they don't they don't get outside and get outside of their comfort zone. Um, and one of yeah. the other areas that I know that you're really passionate about is racial justice and and, mm-hmm. and racial inequality and and ending that and like, you know, hey, guys, newsflash, Christy and I are white women. Um, and so like... <laughs> I'm about the whitest of women to be. I mean, I'm the poster child for an Irish person. Yeah. <laughs> like Red hair, pale skin. Uh, I don't even have an emoji that fits with uh, me. I have to go with the little <laughs> yellow lady with the yellow hair. Yeah, I'm basically <laughs> translucent. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, but this is an area that like my um, my experience and my perspective has changed a lot in the last few years um, because I and I, this is something I've also spoken about before is, you know, I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I grew up um, in an area that was extremely diverse all of my friends look different than me. Um, you know, I had black friends, I had white friends, I had Asian friends, I had, um, you know, Chinese friends, Vietnamese, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Latina, I mean, from El Salvador, Guatemala, like, I mean, you name it, right. like, it was basically the United Nations in my neighborhood. <laughs> um, and, and so for me, you know, as a kid, when you're sort of just that naive kid, like you just it's not that you don't see race because you do. I mean, I hate when people are like, I don't see color. I'm like, okay, right. Uh-huh. Um, That's actually just as offensive. Yeah. Right. It's inc- incredibly offensive. Um, it just wasn't an issue. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like it just, it was mm-hmm. a thing that we just, we knew about each other. We respected it about each other. I loved going over to my friend's houses. And I mean, like my, Viet- one of my, like 
when I was a little kid, like one of my best friends was Vietnamese and her parents owned this like little Vietnamese restaurant, um, like a pho restaurant right Mm -hmm. on the corner where we lived. And like just walking over there as eight year old girls, you know, to have her mom make this incredibly authentic Vietnamese dinner and, you know, and then going over to my best friend Vilma's house and getting uh, pupusas made because, you know, Mm -hmm. her mom made just amazing pupusas. (laughs) If you've never had a pupusa like from made by a woman from El Salvador, your life will change. Like. (laughs) <laughs> it is where it is at, you know. Um, and then I had another friend who um, was from, uh, I believe she was, her family was from Ethiopia. And so her mom would make Ethiopian food. I mean, you know, just growing up, I had all of this exposure to different cultures. And so it just wasn't a big deal. We just loved mm-hmm. and respected each other's different cultures. Um, but then when I got to college, you know, things changed a lot because it, my college wasn't the United Nations. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm not the minority? Like, this is kind of weird. Um, and yeah. then, you know, when I got out of college, it's the same thing. It's just kind of your world changes when you're not in, like, mm-hmm. a, a diverse community like that. And so as I've gotten older, and especially, you know, in my late 20s and early 30s here, I I have really been opened up to the the issues that my 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 dear dear friends of color have faced for so many years that I just was completely ignorant to because it just wasn't something we talked about because it wasn't right. I, I don't know um, and so I've just I've tried to do a better job of listening um, in the last couple of years and and just having these conversations with with friends and and being open and just saying you know hey. I, I can't speak to that because that's not my perspective and I, that's not my experience. And I want to learn more um, in my business, in my personal life, um, in my in my church life. Um, and and so like going back to kind of what we were saying is is you know church is still the most segregated time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like church on Sunday is the most segregated time in the world. Um, and that's like that was one of the things that is so important to me about the church I go to now. Like my church is incredibly diverse. Like in a really, I think unique way like I don't know exactly what is in the water in my church but it's amazing because every Sunday I sit next to somebody who doesn't look like me and I love it um and 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 so I I love when I hear friends and and I hate you know I I hope people listening know what I'm gonna what I mean when I say this like I love when I hear my white friends stand up and talk about this right because our our friends of color (laughs) have been talking about it for mm-hmm. a long time. And sometimes it just takes maybe their white friend standing up and saying, yep, I stand with you and we're going to do something to like, like you said earlier, like how can we make things right? And sometimes right. it does take the white friend staying up and saying, hey, are, are, are you hearing what my friends of color are saying? Do, are you yeah. hearing? You know what I mean? Um, and so <laughs> that's a long setup to this question. <laughs> yes, hey, I'm loving it. Um, is I know you have had some experience with Be the Bridge, which is an amazing, uh-huh. amazing organization. Awesome. Yep. Yes, um, founded by Latasha Morrison. If anybody knows her, I'm trying to have her on my podcast because she's amazing. I'll connect you via email. Yes, yes. Um, I'd love for you to kind of share your experience because you were part of a Be a Bridge group. Um, So I actually wasn't. Oh, you weren't? No, because you. I no. I've been around since the beginning. Okay. um, Okay. And so I like helped provide feedback on her initial study guide, all of that kind of stuff. But I actually haven't been in a group. I've just been sort of periphery and helping with the launches and different stuff like that. Forgive me. That was my mistake. Because I read, I I know I read one of your pieces that you wrote on her site. Yes, I did write a guest post for their blog. Okay. That was, 
Sorry, y'all. That was my mistake. Um, but I would love for you to kind of share. I would share, talk about her all day long. Yes. I would love for you to kind of share um, a little bit about your experience, like in just in working alongside of her and that organization. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, she is incredible. She and I met actually through the anti-trafficking world. She was just transitioning out of not for sale, um, the Atlanta chapter and moving back to Texas when I was transitioning in. And so we just kind of hit it off immediately and kept in touch and, um, kind of, you know, I wanted to know what was going on in Austin while she was there and she moved there to work at a church and was doing the anti-trafficking stuff on the side. So our chapter was kind of supporting her cause there wasn't a chapter there and we were going back and forth. And then she kind of started getting, you know, of course, everything started heating up nationally and she started getting pulled into a lot of these conversations. And, um, you know, one of the things she said that I have repeated many times that it was just so profound was she was basically like, and this can apply to any of us in any situation about any issue was she said, you know, I was a black person in a lot of white spaces and I was just willing to have the awkward conversation. And so that's where be the bridge came from. It was just out of people feeling comfortable enough to ask her questions and her being okay with answering them. You know, and one of the things you said um, earlier, which she is kind of like a first step for anybody that she talks about is even just look on social media, the books that you're reading, the podcasts that you're listening to, if this is an issue that's really on your heart to learn more about, then who are the voices you are listening to? Mm-hmm. How diverse are the people you follow on social media or the books that you're reading or anything like that? And that's just such an easy way to start letting some of those other ideas in and kind of hearing those perspectives and what it's like for them. Yes. Um, so that's just such an, a first easy step before you even say, okay, I want to I'm just exploring the issue. I'm still not sure how comfortable I am yet, or I don't have a be the bridge group near me or anything like that is just starting with who do you listen to, which is a great, you know, for any of us for, you know, like I said, any issue, but especially this one is just a great place to start. It's such an easy introduction. Um, and they do, they've done so much to change the conversation and have grown so quickly. Um, you know, and she is willing to have the uncomfortable conversation. She's willing to say the things that are not necessarily going to be popular or, you know, trying to figure out the best way to say that. And it's just, it's a difficult, messy thing to do, but the people that have been involved with it and that are surrounding themselves with it is just an amazing thing to watch and to see people really struggling together. And so that's what a lot of the Facebook group is and everything else is just, in fact, that's a rule when you first join the Facebook group is you have to take a certain amount of time to just listen before you post anything Mm. else. Mm. And so that's something we can all learn is just to sit back and listen. Um, my, yeah, to that and to kind of the other church issue, generally we were talking about earlier, my friends and I did this trip for like five years We called it a chaos mission trip because it was unplanned. My friends Darren and Mark started it. And so we really took the where there's a lot of amazing short term mission trips where you go and help do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Our position on this when it was untrained was that or unplanned is that we would just find people in need and help the need. And so we would start from that posture. We would just drive around looking for opportunities to help. And so the whole six weeks of training leading up to the trip was working on ourselves and working on us as a team so that we could step into any situation and help 
however it was needed, which again is just a posture I would love to see the church take more of. And, you know, again, white people in general, probably, because there is that white savior mentality, whether it comes to any sort of social justice issues or the church just looking at an outside issue is where can we go in and listen? Where can we go in and serve? Because, you know, you said it earlier, going in there, you know, people can't hear about Jesus until their bellies stop rumbling or whatever their situation is. And so, if we start with a position of you have something to teach me, not I just have something to teach you, then it'll get us so much further down the road with no matter who we want to talk to that we can only all benefit from it. Oh, yes. Preaching girl. We're having church up in this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> Happy I, Independence Day, everybody. <laughs> I know. I know. Happy Wednesday. Hey, it's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, to so much of that. Um, and I just I, I appreciate you willing to have the conversation with me as well. I mean, and 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 I think that we we live like, again, this is a general statement, but like in a, a in today's day and age, like everybody is so easily offended and everyone mm-hmm. gets so um, worked up and you get, you know, you see these like social media fights. And I just want to be like, y'all, oh, y'all, nobody got saved in a Facebook argument. Right. Like, right. Can, why are we all trying to just be right? Like, why can't we just listen to each other yeah. and be willing we'll say far more about you than whatever you're posting about? Right. And like, why are we so quick to just like take a personal when why can't we just have conversations where like if the conversation is making you feel uncomfortable, maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe that's an area that you need to evaluate in your life or you need to change. And, or if you're feeling like your toes are being stepped on, <laughs> then maybe that's an area that y- you might need to like do a self check and just say, right. well, why am I being, up- why am I upset about this? Why am I offended and by do this? do research because, you yeah. know, again, and Latasha's mentioned this before, but you know, we all need to have diversity in our lives, but they also don't want to be your encyclopedia. Yes. If I don't understand something about the black culture, I don't have to go ask every question I've ever had to Latasha. Right. You know, I need to be able to willing to do my own reading, my own research, my own, find my own answers and then have a discussion with her rather than expecting she has all the answers because that will only tire her and anyone else out. Yes. Yes. And I mean, and I have a couple just really dear friends um, who are amazing, strong, beautiful, incredibly smart women of color like and I respect like I want to be them when I grow up um I just respect them so much and one of the conversations that we've had um a lot recently and I just I feel for them in so many ways but like I mean obviously this is not something that I can actually relate to I just I I guess I empathize with it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense um is they just talk about how weary they are like they're just like they've just said to me over like Molly I'm tired of answering these questions I'm tired of talking about race like I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired and I just hear that and I just like it breaks my heart because these Mm -hmm. are women that like I want to be when I grow up and I'm just like how can what can I do to make it better because I just feel like they've been fighting so long and they say that all the time to me they're like Molly I've just been fighting so long and I just I want to stop fighting but I'm not yeah. going to. Does that make sense? And you never think you never want to think whether you're them or one of us or whomever that your only friends are around that person for that reason. Right. Like these yes. people have their own lives. They have their own interests, yes. their passions, their skills, everything like that that you should be just as interested in. Yes. And these other topics are important. But if they're only you're only draining them of this other information, none of us wants to be that person right. for somebody exactly. else. Exactly. Exactly. 
Exactly. Um, and I love what you said, too, about just how Latasha has spoken this into your life um, in a lot of ways. It's just like the easy place to start is like, yeah, where are you getting your information? What books are you reading? What, you know, what podcasts are you listening to? What shows are you watching? What documentaries are you watching? Um, you know, what, you know, is it, is it our diverse voices speaking into your life? Um, and this is something I've tried to do with my kids is like even the books that I read to them before bed, like are there, um, you know, children of different ethnicities represented in those books? But not in a way that it's necessarily like, um, you know, because this is one of those things that, we, we, you know, we take for granted is like a, just a regular children's story most of the time is probably going to feature a white family. Right. And so, like, mm-hmm. can you find regular children's stories that aren't about being black or being Asian or whatever, but it doesn't yeah. feature a family of color, like doing yeah. normal things. Like one of my favorite stories and like Lily loves it. This is her favorite book for me. One of her favorite books for me to read to her is just a, a book called Lola at the Library. And it's not about a black family, but it's a black mom and a black daughter going to the library every Tuesday. Like this seems so silly maybe to some people, but it is such a simple way to like, uh, what are your kids seeing? What are they? How are they seeing you live your life? And how are they? What are they? Are they seeing you surround yourself with people that are different from you? You know, it, it, it is just in how we like we've talked about all the time. Like, how did Jesus live his life? How are you just living your life? You know? Yeah. And take a, you know, listen to somebody else for a while that also has a different opinion yeah. from you and see why and how you feel about it. Um, I remember, I think it was the second or third time I went to the Justice Conference. Um, Ken Weitzma, the founder, was standing up on stage and they had gotten flack from one of the speakers that were was speaking because he, you know, some controversy, something, something, somebody decided that was the thing that year. And um, he said, we're not up there. We're not up here to tell you what you believe. We're here to prevent to present you with different opinions and let those let you sit with that and shape and that should strengthen your faith. Mm. Um, he said it much more eloquently, but yeah, to the, to the fact of if we just get up here and reiterate your opinion over and over and over again, how does that help you grow in any way? I mean, you know, that's yeah. straight from the Bible people. Yep, yep, um, yep. Yeah. Um, so always be looking, even um, I know before I started going to this church that I'm at now, I spent nine months going to different churches um, and would literally write a pros and cons list after every time I visited another place yeah. because I was like, okay, what I what do I not like? And is it because I don't, I don't agree theologically or is it just my, not my preference yeah. or whatever else? And we just don't take the time to sit and reflect enough with our opinions, our values, our beliefs, and, you know, really use that to help each other and ourselves grow rather than just reinforce. And like you said, just want to be what's right, be the person that's right. Yeah. Oh, Nobody that is so good. That way. Yes, that is so good. I was listening to a podcast the other day um, and uh, Jamie Ivy um, or the happy hour with Jamie Ivy and she had Jackie Hill Perry on and oh, y'all, that episode was so good. But Jackie said at the end, cause Jackie goes out and she preaches and, and she, you know, says a lot of things that people don't agree with her about. Um, and yeah. she said, but you know, if I were to only get positive feedback, back, um, then I would be worried. Because if I'm not getting pushback, if I'm not getting, um, you know, negative feedback, which I expect, she's like, then, then I'm not teaching, I'm not teaching the truth. Like I'm not teaching the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. Like you can't teach the whole Bible and live like Jesus lived without getting pushback. Um, you know, and, and I just, that was, that really spoke to me. Cause I'm like, man, am I having 
difficult enough conversations to where people are giving me, giving me pushback. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just, so it just made me really think about how we how we approach our own lives, how we approach our businesses, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh my gosh, Christy, I could talk to you about this all day. This was like, <laughs> thank you how for long is this a three four hour podcast. <laughs> I know, yeah, the thing is, yeah, this could go on forever. Um, so. <laughs> And here we are. Um, I'm like, yeah, I really appreciate you really diving into some of these issues with me because I think this is this just yeah. speaks to a larger um, lesson of what we do and how we live and and why I started this podcast in so many ways is because mm-hmm. I believe these are things we can integrate into our business. Um, and this is so much of what you have done with your business. And I also I love with um, with what you said earlier about I could either help one or help many. Um, and your mm-hmm. your vision to help many um, is just so great because this is such a need, you know, in, in the work that I do with local nonprofits, so many nonprofits are just, they are stretched thin. They are yeah. low to no budgets and they, um, they need help. And so for you to start a business to really go in and help these small businesses that are, that are trying to change the world um, in their mm-hmm. little, their little corner of the world um, to go in there and help them and, and have this be a mission for you because it's a way that you can continue your mission of seeing how you can make things right. Um, yeah, gosh, well, I, I definitely love that. think there are times that we should help one and you know go deep. And I, yeah. I just think that you know there are times for that and there are times for many. And for me, this was a time for many. And one of the phrases I use all the time, and um, it's on my website. It's in a lot of places I use it. Is you know when basically when businesses of these sorts, I call them cause-focused businesses. Um, when nonprofits and social enterprises, when these people are succeeding, we all win because why wouldn't we want just more good in the world, whether it's from one person doing good thing, a small organization, a large organization or whatever. That's why, you know, everybody hopefully will find their own cause, whether it's a, you know, social justice related or diabetes or cancer or whatever, but just helping to improve the lives of people in some capacity, we all benefit from that. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. Um, so before we transition to the get to know your questions, um, yes. where can people find you online? How can they connect with you if they're interested? If you know, if if you have somebody who if we have somebody who's listening, who is a nonprofit owner or, um, a, you know, a small business, social um, enterprise, um, and they're interested in working with you, how can they get connected? Yeah, so my um uh, URL is signify.solutions, which is unusual. It's not a .com because signify.com was evidently like $20,000. So, <laughs> hey, I'm a small business too. <laughs> um, so it's signify.solutions. Um, I sent you a link for your show notes that people can go to, to um, the, where they can download um, some free resources if they're interested in that. It's sort of a, a get started, but you can poke around on my website. Let me know what questions you have. Um, awesome. I'm happy to talk to anybody at any time. Awesome. Um, yeah, that, awesome. that is amazing. Yes. And I will have that link. Um, and I, it, it's got some amazing resources on it. Um, so I will be sure to have that in the show notes along with the link to the candy shop and um, be the bridge and all the things that we spoke about uh, today. I'll so many have, things. Yes, all the things, because clearly we could go on for like another two hours. Um, So, but this is my, um, not that I didn't love this, because I did love every minute of it, but this is pretty much my favorite part of the show, where I get to transition a little bit and ask you just some kind of fun get-to-know-you questions. We're going to get a little deeper. Maybe we'll just ask ask some fun questions. So, this is also the portion where my husband, who is my amazing executive producer, where he gets to insert a sound effect to transition us (laughs) to the get-to-know-you portion of the show. On the count of three... Name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John John Samos. Samos. 
What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. So, Christy, are you ready? I am ready. Fire away. First question. If someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want it to be? Sandra Bullock. Oh my gosh, Sandra Bullock is my answer too. That's hilarious. Sandra Bullock is totally my answer too. I love that. I love yes. it. Yes, such great comedic timing. Yes. I, I just adore her. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Okay. Not that I'm like, hey, you need to have great, I mean, that sounds totally self-centered. You need to have great comedic timing no. to play me. But yeah. I mean, Sandy and I could be friends. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Okay. What is your biggest guilty pleasure? Ooh, um... Let's see. Probably some form like TV show, maybe like uh, I Zombie, though I don't know if that's actually a guilty pleasure or not because <laughs> I think it's actually really great TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, knowing what you know now, what advice mm-hmm. would you give your 18-year-old self? Um, stop trying to control everything. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's, that'll preach. That's, that's still a hard one. I Every time I think I learn it, something else will test me and I'm like, oh, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> every time. Every time. Yeah. Um, and my last question, and this is this is one that I want to I want to do a better job of asking m- more people I, I speak with. For what are you most grateful today? Um, let's see. Well, recently, so I have um, chronic health issues. I've had mono, adrenal fatigue, various stuff over the last six years. Oh. And I traveled a lot in um, last month, which was really awesome. I got to go to England, Ireland, and Scotland. So it was a bucket trip, a bucket list trip, and then went to San Diego. So that was awesome. The problem is it's also incredibly hard on my immune system and everything. So I had a major relapse coming back from that. And so whenever um, I was at my chiropractor and I was like, oh, you're going to have to fix this and this. I don't feel good, you know, da, 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 da. And he was so great to remind me, like, I know you don't feel good right now, but it's also a testament to um, how far you've come. And so I'm trying to remember that and be grateful right now for just I'm feeling bad right now, but it it has shown me how far I have come. And that is that is awesome. Oh, that is so good. Yes. And that is such a good thing to be grateful for. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Christy, this has been such an amazing conversation. I loved having you. Thank you so much for for going deep with me um, Mm -hmm. and for just being willing to have these conversations, because this is something that I think so many people is going to bless a lot of people um, is going to occur a lot of people. I just can challenge a lot of people. Um, so I, I love well, I it. appreciate you for using your platform in this way too. I love Thank your blog you. and your podcast. Thank you so much, Christy. You are just amazing. Um, and again, for everybody, I will have all of Christy's information for how you can connect with her in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, Christy. This has been great. Yes. Thanks everyone. Christy is clearly my spirit animal and we instantly clicked and I was so grateful for her willingness to have tough conversations and talk about serious issues we face today. I adore her. Please reach out to Christy if you think working with her would be a good fit for you or your business. She is absolutely incredible. As always, I'll have her information in the show notes. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use that coupon code Molly for $15 off. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener, welcome new friend. Be sure to visit the archives for all amazing past shows featuring so many different types of entrepreneurs and business owners who are changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you for your support. It means so much to me, seriously. 
thank you, thank you, thank you. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.